Good morning, everybody. Uh, a very, very warm welcome to you all. Um, it's great that uh, we're able to, uh, to gather together. Um, my name's Saab. I'm one of the pastors uh, here. Uh, and today, as we uh, journey through our service this morning, uh, we're going to have Neil continuing our series looking at uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And today we're looking at being filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, what that means uh, for us. So we look forward uh, to Neil unpacking that uh, later on uh, for us. So before we start, let's uh, just take a moment uh, to still our own hearts, um, just to ready ourselves really as we come into the presence of the Lord and being mindful that we offer uh, this time now to him uh, as an act of worship. So let's just take a moment uh, perhaps to close our eyes and uh, just to still uh, our hearts and I'll say a few words of prayer to start our service. Yeah, Heavenly Father, uh, uh, thank you so much that you have uh, drawn us together. I pray that you would uh, uh, just still our hearts from the distractions uh, that are around us, uh, that are behind us, uh, and that lie ahead of us. Uh, Might we uh, carve out uh, this time now, deliberately, uh, to, to meet with you, to hear you speak to us, and to rejoice in all that you have done. And make us expectant. Make us, uh, or remind us that we are who we are because of what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. In Peter's uh, first letter, uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, 3 through 5, he writes this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power is being guarded through faith for salvation to be revealed at the last time. As just a a, a glorious uh, reminder uh, that the one who has rescued us, the one who has saved us, uh, is the one who guards us, And he is the one through the life, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, his ascension to heaven, that we find ourselves as his family. I love those words there. Oh, how good it is when the family of God dwell together in spirit, in faith, and unity, where the bonds of peace, of acceptance, and love are the fruit of his presence here among us. Yet when we look back uh, over the week... Uh, Maybe over the last day, maybe even uh, this morning, uh, perhaps uh, the fruit of his presence hasn't been quite so obvious uh, in our lives, uh, where we've perhaps not really loved our brothers and sisters in Christ as our brothers and sisters, where we failed to dwell with the spirit we sought rather to quench his work in our lives where we've not trusted in the promises that God has made and revealed to us in and through his word, and where there has been a lack of unity. We live in a a broken world. We are still uh, affected by uh, our fleshy desires, our earthly desires. And so we find ourselves living in ways that don't please the one who's rescued us. So it's good for us to come before God and just to say sorry. Uh, for those times where we've lived for ourselves and not for him. So in the quietness of our own hearts, uh, why don't we take a moment or two now 
just to bring those things to mind, to say sorry uh, to him. And then I'll share some words of confession uh, that you can echo in your own heart. So let's just uh, take a moment to do that. So here are some words of confession as we come uh, before our Heavenly Father to say sorry. Uh, Perhaps echo these in your heart. So come, let us return to the Lord and say in our hearts, Lord, our God, in our sin we have avoided your call. Our love for you is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Have mercy on us, deliver us from judgment, bind up our wounds and revive us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We have a Father in heaven who loves us and longs to forgive us. So hear these words, uh, really just to comfort our own hearts to know uh, that we are indeed right uh, with our heavenly Father. So the Lord enrich us with his grace and nourish us with his blessing. The Lord defend us in trouble and keep us from all evil. The Lord accept our prayers and absolve us from all our offenses. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Uh, in a moment, Kavita is going to come up and lead us in our prayers. Uh, Anne will then bring us our Bible reading from Ephesians 5. Uh, and then Neil will come and unfold scripture for us. The word of God in Ephesians chapter 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For he chose us in him to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us according to his good pleasure and will to be sons and adopted as sons in Jesus Christ to himself. Let us pray to this God, this amazing God we have, who has made us a way to come before his presence with boldness and confidence. Let us lift our hearts with joy to his presence. Our most loving Father in heaven, We come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We glorify your holy name. We worship you and we adore you for who you are. Father, your love is the greatest and nothing can be compared to your love for us. Thank you, Father, for you established this eternal covenant and you fulfilled it, O Lord, that we be called as your children. Thank you that your agape love, O Father, is the greatest. And you showed us this by sending us your only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us in our place. Thank you, Father, because your kindness and your mercy is unending. And we cannot, even our lifetime will not be enough to count your blessings and your goodness towards us. Thank you that you're there always for us with your open arms. And we can run to you into your arms, Lord. You compare yourself with a hen that is protecting her chickens, O Father. And in you we find refuge and strength. Thank you. We praise and thank you, Lord Jesus, for you are the word. You are the word through which everything has been created. The word that brings life. Thank you that you humbled and you became a flesh And you took upon yourself willingly every punishment that we deserve. It is through your sufferings and your death and your victory over the evil 
that we receive blessings and forgiveness and peace with the Father and healing our eternal life. Everything flows from what you have done. What more can we give other than ourselves? And we offer you ourselves at this time. Thank you, Jesus, that your act of obedience brought us salvation. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you that you fulfilled the will of the Father who has poured out his Holy Spirit upon us, that we become living sacrifices for your glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray that your presence will be filled in this house today. May every heart be touched by you, O Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let your fire be poured out upon your people. For this is your house. Come and have your way. Fill us with a fire that burns within us, that will light our hearts and will spread this light to the world of darkness. Forgive us for the times that we grieve you. We resist you so many times, wanting to live a very comfortable and a very lukewarm relationship with Christ. Thank you for guiding us into all the truths and for sanctification work. And you are the one who is transforming us into the image of Christ. Thank you. And we commit ourselves into your hands at this time. You know each of our hearts present here. You can see everyone, O Lord, beyond what we can see. You don't look at the outward appearance, for you look at the hearts of each individual. You know what we are going through, both outside and on the inside. And we surrender all the mountains and the challenges that we face at your hands, that you deliver us. Let your power be released upon your people, that we will know that we are walking in your strength and not in our own strength. Thank you. Father, we commit this church in your hands, Lord. Father, this is your house and we are your people. Father, we commit our uh, pastors and our elders in this church in your hands. Anoint them with your blessing as they lead our church. We pray that you will always guide them. Let them seek your will, O Father, in every decision that they make. And we know that nothing is possible without you. Thank you, Father, for uh, this evening. We are planning to have this, um, uh, all churches coming together here. And may your name be glorified, O Father. Lord, we pray that this will be a great opportunity for Uh, us to build uh, relationships with uh, Christ-centered relationships with other churches and that this will lead to uh, great plans that you have for us in store. Father, we pray for the uh, members meeting, church members meeting this uh, Thursday. We pray that every decision and every plans will be made will happen according to your will. Guide us, O Father, by your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for the children's ministry in our church. We pray for Nathan and his team. And we pray, Lord, that every child in our church and those who come here from the community, O Lord, be blessed. Lord, we pray that their faith will grow strong, even as they face so many challenges and pressures from this world, which is rejecting you. Lord, 
we pray that you they will grow up to be a new generation of faith warriors and they will love you serve you and honor you in everything they do lord we pray for uh, the uh, nathan has he is planning to organize the last uh, the final adventurous event this uh, before before the summer break up we pray that everything will go according to your plan and guidance father uh, we uh, pray for our other supplications as well we remember colin and vicky who are away on holiday and uh, thank you lord for bringing them together and lord we pray that your blessing will be poured out upon them uh, even as they begin their married life and uh, as they serve the church uh, together uh, uh, and for your glory o oh lord thank you father lord we pray for all the uh, missionary work that is going on through the supported by our church are all around the globe o oh father and we pray pray for all our missionaries who are connected to this church we pray for uh, steve and metal dust smith and the work they do with the whitecliff bible translators lord we pray that you will bless them and continue to use them for your purpose lord even as they plan to go uh, to uh, Canada this uh, summer for a break we pray that will be an opportunity for them to refresh and re-energize spiritually and physically thank you for their lives father we specially pray for tenebu and bethan and the children lord we commit them in your hands bless them abundantly o oh lord we pray for the building project of the health center that they are building there o oh lord Father let every step they take oh master let them find your divine providence oh lord be upon them father lord let the uh, health center be a place of healing for many who come there oh lord and let them see and encounter the love of jesus and uh, many come to know about jesus through you through that center oh lord father strengthen uh, bethan and tenebo oh lord with your love and your grace oh father that they will serve this community with a joy that is never ending and that can only come from you oh father lord we pray for all the missionaries oh father uh, the others who we know thank you father for your great work and the, and the and the work of the holy spirit that is happening all around the globe Our father we also remember john billet who is preaching today in the church in high wickham we pray your father that your holy spirit will guide and give him the words to speak and we pray that the people who receive the word will receive it with faith o oh lord father we lift up all the people who are who are unwell at this time due to various sicknesses both on the inside and on the physical side o oh lord father you know o oh lord Lord it is by your stripes that we are healed oh lord thank you lord that we can come to you with all these requests lord because we know you are a god who honors our faith and you reward those who trust in you and thank you for that lord we also lift up all those uh, in our church who are mourning the death of their family member father we pray for the finley family as they prepare for the funeral of uh, peggy jackie's mom uh, this friday lord we pray that your comfort will be upon them and all those who know know her lord we thank you for the life of peggy 
and that her soul is now resting in peace and awaiting the day of resurrection. Father, we pray for the family of Leslie Pearson. We pray that your special grace will be upon Mary and David and the other family members as they prepare for the Thanksgiving service next week. Lord, may they find comfort and your love during this difficult time. Lord, we pray for David Robertson, whose uh, brother uh, Chris passed away recently. We pray, Lord, that the family will find your comfort, love, and strength during this time of grief. Thank you, Lord. Father, we commit the rest of the service into your mighty hands. Almighty and all-powerful Holy Spirit, we ask you to take control of the rest of the service. May your presence be filled in, in this house, that every heart will be receiving the word with a fullness, the word that brings lives and transforms us inside, that we be a living testimony and a witness for Jesus Christ. We humble ourselves. We surrender our hearts at this moment into your complete control in your safe, loving arms. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We ask all this in the precious, matchless, and mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, the reading is from Ephesians, verse, uh, um, chapter 5, verse 8 to 21. And the heading of the passage is Living as Children of Light. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything is exposed by the light. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. That's, that's why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another 
out of reverence for Christ. Thanks, Anne. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Let's pray as we come to God's word. Father, open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in your law. Help us to see Jesus. Fill us with your spirit. May we know your love for us. Help us to grow in our faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, firstly, are you okay? I don't mean that in a Holly Willoughby, how are you dealing with the news about Philip Schofield sort of way. I'm sure you're probably dealing with that fairly well. But how are you in your relationship with God? How are you in your relationship with your fellow believers? Are you in a good place spiritually? Does your faith in Jesus give you a real joy in your heart? A love for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or are you actually feeling, at the moment, quite dry, empty, low? Maybe you're not sure what you believe, um, and you're sort of trying to work out who this uh, Jesus guy is and what difference he could make to your life. If that's the case, it's great that you're here with us this morning. Well, last week in the series we're doing on the Holy Spirit, we looked at um, how the Holy Spirit gives us assurance when we're uncertain, when we're uncertain as to whether or not we're actually saved or not. He does that by pointing us to all that God has done for us in Jesus and how it is by his work that we are made right with God. Maybe as Saab suggested last week, you've been meditating on Romans 8 and that's given you a greater joy and a greater confidence in the Lord. Well, this morning we're looking at a similar theme um, of being filled with the Spirit. In the first half of his letter to the church in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul describes all that God has done for us in Jesus. How when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive again in Christ. It is by his grace we have been saved through faith and not by our own efforts. In the second half of the letter that starts in chapter 4, he gives them some instructions on how to live out their Christian life. He says in verse 1 of chapter 4, For I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. In other words, since you have been saved, show that you are different in the way you live out your life. Those instructions continue into chapter 5, where we have the passage that we're looking at uh, this morning. And in the middle of that passage, in verse 18, Paul gives them this command. Do not get drunk on wine, to which you could add beer or vodka or anything else, uh, alcoholic, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Why does he make this contrast between getting drunk and being filled with the Spirit? Why do people get drunk? I wonder how many of you have had a problem with alcohol at some point in your lives. I know I have. In my early 20s, when I was working in the city in London, I was, um, yeah, lunches would be a boozy affair. I was looking forward to Friday nights when you go out in the town um, and get pretty, pretty blotto. 
if I asked myself, well, why was that? Why did I have to do that? Maybe it was um, trying to lose my inhibitions, forget about my worries, being able to say and do whatever I liked, maybe thinking I was quite funny, or just being with a group of people who were likewise had too much to drink and feeling we were having some sort of fun together. Trevor, of course, it doesn't last. Uh, following day, you feel hungover, you wonder what stupid things you've done the night before. I remember once getting on an underground train to go two step stops on the central line before changing, being woken up by the guard 23 stops later at the end of the line. No way of getting home because it was the last train of the night. Now, that's a pretty harmless example. Of course, the consequences of alcohol can be very serious. They can be tragic. Paul says, do not get drunk, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Getting drunk, he says, will not give you what you're looking for. It will leave you ultimately feeling empty and low and full of shame and guilt. And the more you drink, the more you become addicted to it and enslaved by it. By contrast, he says, all those things for which you are relying on alcohol pale into insignificance compared to the deep and lasting joy that you can experience when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does um, being filled with the Holy Spirit look like? Well, let's have a look at what this passage tells us. We're going to look at that first before we then come on to how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit. The well, first thing I should say is that the second half of verse 18 that starts with be filled with the Spirit is one sentence that carries on in the Greek down to verse 22. It consists of a command, be filled with the Spirit, followed by four participles. Participles in ing word. So we have um, speaking to one another, singing and making music to the Lord, giving thanks to God, submitting to one another. Well, that last, that last one in the NRV translation forms the start of a new section. It actually belongs to the same sentence. So these two aspects of being filled with the Spirit are about how we relate to God. Two of them are about how we relate to God. Two of them are about how we relate to one another. So we're going to look at them under those two headings. First of all, being filled with the Spirit means a greater joy in our relationship with God. Now, this can be seen in two ways. Firstly, um, in corporate worship. Have a look at verse 19 there, second half of it. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we come together and sing in church, accompanied by our wonderful music group, is to express our love for the Lord. That worship includes giving thanks to God for everything that he has given us. It's acknowledging that we would not be here if it wasn't for what God has done in our lives, by his spirit, to bring us to faith in Jesus Christ. He's opened our eyes to see the truth, that salvation is found in Jesus alone. He's caused us to be born again. He's given us freedom and forgiveness. He's changed us into new people. He's adopted us as his children. And he's given us assurance that we belong to him. It's the Holy Spirit who enables us to understand that. 
He's the one who fills us with joy and thankfulness as we worship God from our hearts. We cannot truly worship God without the work of the Spirit. And the more he fills us, the more we'll be filled with joy in our worship. But our response to God for all he's done for us is not just expressed in corporate worship when we come together on a Sunday. It's also expressed in whole life worship. Have a look back at verse 15. Actually, we'll come to that in a minute. Just think, if we just came to church on a Sunday, we did the things we do when we come to church, and then we went back to living our life the rest of the week just the way everybody else does. That wouldn't be honoring to God. In some ways, that's the worst type of worship because God sees it for what it is. He sees that it is just hypocritical. It's what Jesus criticized the Pharisees for. We're giving the impression of worshipping him. We're giving people the impression that we are morally upright people, but it's not genuine. It's not from the heart. If we are followers of Christ, then our whole lives should be an act of worship to him. Romans 12 sums that up. At the beginning of Romans 12, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. If we've been truly saved, then we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then we are able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Which means that in every choice, every decision we make in life, you're seeking to please God. And that's what we see here as well as we go back to Ephesians 5 and verse 15 here. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. To do the Lord's will is to live a life that is pleasing to him, in which we are obedient to his commands. But it doesn't just mean keeping all of his instructions. It means actually taking delight in them, because we we know that they are what is best for us. And if we follow them, we will live life to the full. It's when we are filled with the Spirit that we, we get that. We get that delight in God's Word. If we're not filled with the Spirit, then God's commands in the Bible, His instructions, will simply feel like reading a health and, self, health and safety manual. I know it's meant to be good. I know it's wise, but it's a little bit dull. Coming to church will be like attending a, a health and safety course. I, I know I should be here. I know it's good for me. But to be honest, I'd rather be doing something else. When we're filled with the Spirit, living the Christian life is no longer a, a duty or a sacrifice. It's a delight. And as the psalmist says, I delight in your commands because I love them. So ask yourself, how much do you look forward to worshipping with God on a Sunday with his people? Do you come with a delight in your hearts? And how much do you delight in worshipping God by being obedient to him in your whole life? The rest of the week, is there a joy 
in your relationship with God. And secondly, being filled with the Spirit gives us greater joy in our relationship with others. And again, we see that here in two ways. Firstly, in speaking truth to one another. It says in verse 19, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. When we're called by Christ to follow him, we're called individually. We have to make that conscious decision to to follow him ourselves. We can't tag along to the faith of our parents or our husband or wife. We have to choose to follow Christ. But at the same time, when we're called to follow Jesus, we're called to become part of his family, of his people. And we now have a responsibility not just for our own life, but for the lives of others. That's what church membership is about. It's saying, I love these people. I want to commit myself to them. I want to look out for them as they look out for me. What are some of the ways in which we do that? Well, it says here, by speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. It's using God's word to encourage and to build up one another. If somebody's feeling overwhelmed, maybe with illness, overwhelmed with the struggles of life, we can point them to passages in God's word, which would encourage them. Maybe 1, 2 Corinthians 4, where Paul says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Maybe somebody's anxious about death. We can point them to passages like Psalm 23 to reassure them, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, God, are with me. Your rod and the staff, they comfort with me. God is with us through those moments. Sometimes also we may need to challenge one another. If someone's full of bitterness, We may need to point them to passages like the one in Ephesians in the previous chapter where it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. When we're filled with the Spirit, we have a a real joy and honesty and openness in our relationships. We don't spend our time focusing on things about other people that irritate us. We don't spend our whole time moaning about them. We love them as God loves them. We see the beauty in them that God sees in them. The other aspect of expressing joy in one another that's mentioned here is submitting to one another. Verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then goes on to explain the different situations which we are called to do that. And wives to submit to their husbands, children to their parents, slaves to their masters, or in today's context, probably more workers to their, their bosses. What does submitting to one another mean? Well, it means where God has given someone a different role and responsibility or a position of authority, that we should help them, encourage them, pray for them, to be able to exercise that responsibility in the power of the Spirit. We haven't got time to go into each of those different situations today, and if you want to know 
more about what they mean in practice then maybe have a listen to the sermon that I preached on that last year. Before we move on there, let me ask you again the question, how much joy do you have in your relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ? How willing are you to encourage them in their faith by speaking God's truth into their lives? Well, if that's what being filled with the Holy Spirit looks like, a joy in our relationship with God, a joy in our relationship with one another, how can we be filled with the Spirit? Before we become a Christian spiritually, we are empty. If you take this balloon as an example, there's nothing in it. Now we can fill our lives with different things. <clears throat> could be alcohol, the drugs, could be money, possessions, could be our career, could be sex, could be our achievements, our clothes, our appearance, could just be being popular. With all those things, that may fill us temporarily, but sooner enough we will feel empty again. When we become a Christian, we are born again. We receive new life. We are united to Jesus. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is a gift that is ours. That is never taken away from us if we put our trust in Jesus Christ. So how do we keep on being filled with the Spirit then? Well, some people think, well, it's like you have a wonderful spiritual experience. It feels like you're on a spiritual high. But then the high wears off and you feel deflated. And so you seek another spiritual experience. And again, you feel on a high but it wears off again. And your life becomes a series of highs and lows. That's not really what Paul is getting at here. And it might help us to see how he prays for the Christians to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we turn back to one of his prayers, turn back to chapter 3, verse 16, because here we see Paul effectively praying for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What exactly does he pray? Have a look at verse 16. I hope this will be familiar to many of you because it was our verse for the year or includes it from, from last year. Let me read these verses from 16 to 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, I'll put it on the screen if you haven't got your Bible in front of you, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul prays that the Spirit would strengthen with the power of the Spirit. But for what? That Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. A deeper faith in Christ. 
Secondly, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. A deeper knowledge of the love of Christ. And the result of those things happening is that they would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So to keep on being filled with the Spirit is to grow in our faith in Christ and to grow in our knowledge of the love of Christ. That's not a series of highs and lows. That is a lifetime of growing into maturity. To keep on being filled with the Spirit is a gradual process. Yes, there may be growth spurts. There may be a falling away for a time. But on the whole, it is a gradual process of being filled day by day, day by day. The more we trust, the more we spend time with God and his word, the more we spend time in prayer, is a time of growth, a lifetime of being filled with the Spirit. And what that means is when you look back to where you were a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, you will see the difference in your life that God has achieved as he's filled you with his Spirit. You may have gone through all sorts of experiences in your life, some tough times, some great times. But God will have used those to reveal his love to you in a deeper way and to strengthen your faith in him. That's why our daily time with God in his word is not uh, something we do to tick a box. It's essential food for our souls. It's how we grasp his love for us. It's how we grow in our faith in him. And as we're filled with his spirit, what will also happen is that there'll be less room in your life for those other things that you were dependent on. Because those other things, they don't grow with the Spirit. They stay where they were. Unless they still have an influence on us. Often we can't get rid of that completely. Sometimes God does remove them completely. Sometimes they're still there. But as we're filled with the Spirit, they become less and less important to us. And we're less and less dependent on them. What that means is as we trust in Christ more, we're also doing less and less in our own strength. We're allowing the Spirit to take over. We're allowing him to rule our lives and be our source of strength. The apostles in the book of Acts were described as full of the spirit and normally also described as being full of faith. Stephen is described as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Barnabas is described as a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And it continues in his description, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. People came to the Lord because they saw that he was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 4, after Peter and John were released from prison, and they and other Christians prayed together, we were told that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God boldly. Their faith has increased. They've seen him protect them. Their love of God has increased. They're no longer relying on themselves, but the Holy Spirit. And so they have a new boldness to live for Jesus. So as we finish, what is our biggest prayer for ourselves and for each other? Often we default to our immediate needs, our, our health worries, our financial worries, our relationship worries. And that's all good to bring that to, to God. But let's pray bigger prayers. Let's pray that through our circumstances, God would enable us to grasp the love of Christ 
so that we will grow in our faith in him and our dependence on him. That he would free us from those other things that have a bad influence on our lives. And that as a result, he would continue to fill us with the Spirit, give us a greater joy in our relationship with him and in our relationship with others. We're going to have an opportunity now to, to pray and to respond to what uh, God has been saying to us. Let's have a moment of quiet just to reflect on what is specific to us, what you want God to change in your life, where you want him to, to fill you with a new love for him. Where do, you make, where do you want him to make him aware of his love for you? where you need a stronger faith to trust that he will always be there for you, that the fullness he brings will be greater than anything this world offers. A moment of quiet. Father God, take away those things that hold us back from growing in our faith, Help us to focus on Christ and all that he has done for us. Fill us with your spirit, we pray. Help us to keep on being filled with your spirit. Help us to grow in our love for you, our trust in you. Fill us now with your spirit. And may that be seen, Lord. In our joy, our joy with you, in our worship of you, may that be seen as we come together. May that be seen in the way we live our lives with joy and a joy in our relationships, Lord, and our love for one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, that does uh, bring us uh, to the end of our service uh, this morning. Uh, my prayer is that as you've journeyed through the service that the Lord uh, has spoken to you, uh, he's encouraged you, um, he's perhaps convicted you. Uh, whatever he has said to you this morning, please, please, please do spend a few minutes praying with somebody that you came with, somebody who's around uh, where you're sat, uh, or with somebody wearing a red prayer team lanyard. Do not leave without praying uh, before you go. Uh, let's close with um, uh, those words that uh, Neil reminded us of this morning from Ephesians 3. Uh, 14 through 19. Uh, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Words of blessing to close. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.